to the Mom Village Podcast. We are three multicultural moms sharing our journey through motherhood with the Christ Center Foundation. For information and resources, visit us at our church's website at gofamilychurch.org. Or you can also email us at themomvillage at gofamilychurch.org. And please go over and follow us on Instagram at themomvillagefc. We're glad that you're here and welcome to our village. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Mom Village. We're so excited to finish our conversation in Daughters. My name is Gismeni Ramos, and this is part two of Daughters, but I'm here with my ladies, Kira Kelly. Hey, Village. And Kristen Scroggins. Hi, ladies. And we're going to keep talking about Daughters because it was so good the first part that we talked. And I know we share a little bit of everything, but there's so many topics. Which, so we're just going to try to get a little bit of everything and jump right in. But we're going to share a little bit a bit more about tweens, teens, and young women. So let's jump right in with the world says and the power of inner beauty and what makes a girl beautiful. And then we know if you have girls, that's one of the number one battles. <laughs> inner beauty, those truth, you know, about fashion, how to balance, you know, what's modest, what's okay to wear, hair, makeup, clothes, who should you look at, what's girly, what's not girly. Ladies, how do you handle all that, especially when they're, you know, tweens, teens, and their bodies are changing? Well, their friends' bodies are changing, but her bodies is not changing. They're pointing at each other right now. I wish I could have a camera. <laughs> well, <laughs> but how do you navigate that it's okay? Well, you know, I think going back to the first podcast and God's design, I think in your home, maybe coming up with a definition of what modest means mm. in your home. Yeah. Because if we just throw the word modest out there, you know, Kristen's modest and Jesus' modest and mm-hmm. Car- can all, you know, Carly's modest can all, you know, look differently. Mm-hmm. I think as a family, mm-hmm. you know, with your husband first, how do we want our daughter to appear? And as- we talked in the first part that the biggest thing is ourselves too. Like yes. the way we model, the way we dress, because they're looking at us every day. So if we're not modest ourselves in the way we define modesty... They'll see that. They'll see that. Absolutely. So I think maybe a jump off point would be what is modesty and mm-hmm. why? Why do we want to implement modest dressing in our home? And I think sometimes when I used to hear the word modest, I would think like a skirt down to the floor, but that's not necessarily true. So in our experience in our home, just kind of repeating what we said in the first episode is that that was a very unique time in our home. It was a very touchy time when we had to teach our daughter, you know, what were the standards as far as the Kelly household and, you know, what she may have seen on television or even with some friends was maybe not the standard that we were going to set. And I'm going to throw a little curveball here. Well, thank you there, Jesus. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> you know, I'm very special. No, but we're very multicultural. And this is something why this podcast is so popular. And I'll tell you this, in the Spanish culture, since women are very curvaceous, as any black mm-hmm, women mm-hmm, as well, mm-hmm. it's very hard to be modest because especially Latin culture is a very culture that's very proud of the woman's curves. Mm -hmm. They use it sadly in a negative way most of the time, but it's something that is already in their nature. It's a beautiful, curvaceous woman. So 
I'll say like where I come from, they praise curves as something beautiful, which in something God's design, you know, the way, but sometimes it goes in a negative way. So trying to teach a Latina how to dress properly is very challenging because she's naturally curvaceous. Mm -hmm. So at least in our culture, it's very hard, not impossible, but very hard. So you as a black mom, as a black woman, you know, you guys kind of have the same battles and also cultural challenges. How do you navigate that in a very in a society that is very blended? We didn't want to hit the table, but yes, it's very <laughs> blended and very controversial. But, you know, I think part of the issue, honestly, during that time when we were kind of struggling with the clothes, there just weren't any clothes to be purchased mm -hmm. that would fit a tween. So we went from the cute little dresses with ruffles and lace mm. and literally in the stores. And I've heard this from so many moms. You go from that extreme when you're dressing your daughter to, to the kiss section, to the women's section, to the crop tops <laughs> and the, can I say booty shorts on here? Sure. Yeah. Okay. Sure. <laughs> well, we talked about mesh panties the other day. <laughs> I can say anything. I mean, literally yeah. from these beautiful lace dresses to booty shorts, there was no in between. Yeah. And I am so thankful that I am not in that stage anymore. But one of the things that as I was talking to Madison about this and she read that, she said, mom, I would encourage the moms to be honest and to also let their daughters know when they dress a certain way that it brings some very uninvited attention to mm -hmm. them. And that's a whole nother conversation. Yeah. She was like, and even if they don't really understand it, she was like, tell them there are young boys, there are teenage boys, there are men's eyes that are always looking. And I, it's unfortunate that we have to even have that conversation mm -hmm. with maybe our 10 or 11 year olds. But like you said, Jisma, mm -hmm. our girls are built a little differently yeah. and they start developing yeah. curves much earlier than yeah. I remember. Yeah. So I would, for moms out there, it is not going to be an easy task, but you've got to go out there and really search for clothes that according to your definition and God's definition of, of modesty, whatever you're going to accept in your home, that will fit your daughter's current body type and celebrate her body type. Mm -hmm. And as her body is transforming, mm -hmm. that you need to find things that will appropriately represent Christ, number one, and represent your values in your home. And even when you get pushback from your daughter, which you will, most yeah. girls, because they look at their friends or they look at what's on television the, yeah. or IG or whatever, and they want to dress. So even when you get pushback, I would encourage moms, you know, stick to what you and your husband have established in your home. Yeah, this and, is the and, way. And use it as a healthy conversation starter. Yeah, like you said, to define what's modesty in, in your, your home. Family. And you can say to your daughter, you know what? This is what's appropriate at 10. Now, when you turn 13, yeah. maybe then, you know, we will be able to add this to your wardrobe. And then when you turn 16, you know, there are different, you know, fashion changes, as we all know, there are different things that she can add to her wardrobe. But for right now, as a 10-year-old little girl, these yeah. are the choices that you have. Kristen, you had two beautiful girls. Mm. I mean, they legit look like runway models. Aww, so, But they're both very different. So how do you encourage that sibling also, you know, relationship of, yes, we're both different bodies. We're both created beautifully, you know, but how do you navigate that with your teens? Well, so we have a phrase that we've said to the girls ever since they were really little, because everybody always compliments every girl. It doesn't matter when they're little. Oh, she's so beautiful. I mean, that's just part of what we say to each other. And it's sweet. But we would always say, hey, you know, beautiful means 
to us that you're nice and kind. Because, ladies, do we not know a lot of people who are beautiful in face and form, but are straight up ugly, (laughs) straight up ugly inside? Mm -hmm. And all of us can be like that apart Mm -hmm. from Christ. And so the kindness and, you know, being just thinking of others, loving your neighbor as you love yourself, that is beautiful to the Lord. And so we try to talk in those terms. And yet God made beauty. God made things beautiful when he created the earth. It was good and beautiful and he was pleased and he made women and men's bodies differently. And that's beautiful. And so it's not that we want to teach our girls to hide being a woman, Mm -hmm. but we want to teach them to be beautiful in a way that honors Christ. And like we said in the last episode, is that we tell the truth about Him. And again, this is where even Christian society sometimes is getting it wrong because, I mean, I'll see on Twitter. i got to get off Twitter because it makes me so upset. <laughs> and I don't ever say anything. I never say anything on there. But I'm just like, y'all, are, this is wrong in that, you know, we're not our brother's keeper. Mm-hmm. And, you know, boys are going to lust no matter what I dress like. It's not my job. Well, okay, at true, they are going to lust no matter what. I mean, when Bible times, they were lusting and women were wearing stuff down to their ankles. But I still am my brother's keeper. Mm-hmm. And in Thessalonians, it says, don't defraud each other. And so it is my job to dress in a way that draws attention, to teach my girls to dress in a way that draws attention to their face and their eyes and not everything else going on around them. And it's not just about too short, too tight, but am I just have a look that is just drawing way too much attention to Mm -hmm. myself in general? Mm -hmm. And that doesn't always just mean tight and short, Mm -hmm. but the way that I dress draws to my countenance so that I can, you know, point people to Jesus. That is not a popular thing to talk about with teenagers sometimes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So we have to be talking about it when they're little so that the first time they're hearing this is not when they're 12, 13, 14, but we've been talking to them about this ever since they were little, the truth of all of that. And I think that's really important. So Kira, talk to us a little bit more about since we're talking about since they're little, but when they start growing and they get to something called puberty, and daughters, like we kind of talked a little bit about it, like the real talk and the conversations. And this is a question we get all the time. Actually, we got a couple of them in our Instagram page. <laughs> so what are you guys thinking about what's the right age? When do you talk about it? And I know we have mentioned before past puberty, and a lot of moms mm-hmm. don't know about it. We can repeat it again. But tell us about that. Well, I think I got this from Kristen years ago, but I'll say, and Kristen, you can totally correct me if I'm wrong. I don't know for each family that there's a specific age. Mm-hmm. I know that for our family, we started very early, mm-hmm. you know, talking about it. And Madison and I did the passport to purity trip together. But I felt like at the end, I felt like it was like a fire hose type thing. Yeah. And she was like, yeah, this is a <laughs> lot. But one thing I would say is definitely according to the ages of your girls and be very prayerful about it because you may have to start earlier mm-hmm. than you actually think. I think a lot of times we say tweens or teens and mom's like, oh, I have until she's 13. Mm-hmm. And I would definitely discourage that type mm-hmm. of thinking. I don't want to put a number on it, but you will know 
in your family, you Mm -hmm. know, when you need to start just maybe circling around it Mm -hmm. and just maybe talking about mommy and daddy relationship, nothing in depth, but just, you know, letting know why does mommy and daddy hold hands? I mean, just something very simple. But for us, I believe Madison was about 10 and we knew it was time because her body was beginning to change. And that was a clear indication that that was something that we needed to educate her on why are these things starting to Mm -hmm. happen? And because I was an early bloomer myself, I did not want her to have the shock, even though I was prepared, but have that shock very early. I started very, very early. So I just kind of thought that I needed to prepare her as well. And what I would say is that that is just a jump off point when you have that initial talk, because you're not going to talk about everything in Mm -hmm. one conversation or in one weekend, but that it is an ongoing conversation. And my daughter is 20 and we're still having that conversation about sex and purity. So Passport to Purity is a great resource, mom and dad. I think our church is actually starting to add a milestone class, Carly. Is that right? For our fourth graders. Mm. And that doesn't mean that you yes, have to. Yes, my husband is signing up. That doesn't mean that you have to <laughs> for wait. For my son. <laughs> that doesn't mean you have to wait until fourth grade. Your child might need it before. But I think our church is saying, hey, by then, I think in our society, it's time to at least start thinking through it. Definitely, I wouldn't send someone to middle school without you having to talk because that's just crazy trained to me. Like they're hearing it from somewhere much earlier than that, right? And one thing Madison was saying to me, but she was just a wealth of knowledge and wisdom. She said, mom, tell the moms that their kids will hear it. Yeah, It doesn't Mm -hmm. matter if they're homeschooled. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter if they're in private school. It doesn't matter if they don't have their own cell phone. No, that's right. You know, all the things that we think I can shield, I can shield, I can keep them away from this until I'm ready. And she was like, because if they don't have a cell phone, the neighbor has a cell phone or, you know, a friend. Yeah. You want to be the first one. So you want to share the information. Sometimes you won't be the first and your kid is not going to let you know that. Yeah. But at least be the truth. Yes. Mm. You want to be the truth as early as possible. And. What we want to do is always talk about it in terms of God's design, what his good and perfect gift Mm -hmm. is. Mm -hmm. And what we really want is for our daughters, since we're talking about daughters today, Mm -hmm. for our daughters to know that we're not afraid to talk to them about this stuff. Even if you are mom, fake it, girl. Fake it till you make it. (laughs) But that you have the truth because you have Jesus and he made sex and all of this in our Mm -hmm. bodies and our design and how all of it's supposed to work together. So we should be the most confident people in the universe talking Mm -hmm. about this because our heavenly father put all of this into practice. And so we want them to be so confident that mom, you are a soft place to land whenever they have questions or fears or embarrassments that you are going to put your arms around them, tell them the truth, love them. If they make mistakes, if they sin, that you're there to pick them up and restore them and redeem them and point them back to God's design. They cannot think that their friends at school or social media or Mm -hmm. movies are a better resource or a more accurate picture of sex and all the things that go with it than mom. And don't hide it like Kira was sharing, you know, about the real talk and not hide it. I have uh, little girls, you know, I have a five-year-old and an eight-year-old. And I love when they ask me about the pads and the tampons. Mm -hmm. And the other day she was in the bathroom and she's like, mama, I'm going to have breasts like you, right? And I'm like, "Um, yeah. And then we started talking like, listen, this is how God is preparing your body, you know? So when you become a mom and you will do different things, you know, and then start the conversations. Just don't hide everything because you think they're too little or 
are not too ready to have those conversations. Like Kira said, you're not going to reveal all the secrets of the world in that conversation, but you can start sharing God's design like Kristen was sharing. Yeah. And one thing, I love that term, real talk. Again, as I was talking to Madison, she said, you know, one thing that moms really need to educate themselves on even how the young men are approaching your daughters, Mm -hmm. you know, and those are things that moms need to be able to talk about. So if a young man comes up to talk to you and he is inappropriate or disrespectful, you know, they need to know how to respond. Just Mm -hmm. like we have taught our daughters how to respond to stranger danger. We've taught them how to respond to all these things in the world. Thank you, Kira. You know, we need to teach them how to respond to how young men may approach them or talk to them mm-hmm. and let them know because sometimes they feel like, oh my goodness, you know, he's paying attention to me, but that's, it's not What's appropriate, appropriate attention. Yeah. And she's like, you know, if guys are calling you at a certain hour or texting you or, I mean, just, I mean, just to be very real no, and no, transparent, no, you, you that be. we need to teach our girls, okay, that doesn't mean he really likes you. Let's be honest about what that could be. So also teaching them very much, you know, everything according to God's design, number one using the resources that we have, but also, you know, praying to God for wisdom. You know, what else do I need to show my daughter? Or, you know, what are some of the tricks that the young guys are, you know, and even talking to our sons, you know, hey, what are you hearing about? What, how are these guys are trying to approach, yeah. you know, the young women so that we can equip our girls with, you know, this is how you can respond to this. And if this is happening, then this is what you need to do. Protecting our daughters. And that's very important. Kira. Because if they're struggling with image and the first person pays them attention, then, you know, sometimes they're drawn to that. Yeah. So we need to, you know, be on the, I would say, the offense yeah, as much I'm, as possible. I'm one of four girls in my house, and I wasn't thinking of sharing this, but I'm going to share it because there's somebody over there who's going to be maybe touched by it. But I'm one of four girls, and protecting your daughters is huge because this world is coming. You know, the enemy comes to destroy, and it's a spiritual battle. And sadly, you know, growing up in Puerto Rico, I didn't have a grandfather that was all respectful, And he took advantage of some of us when we were little. So it's very sad, you know, and it's something when you're little, you don't know what's happening. You know, my mom basically was a single mom because my dad wasn't a good role model. But this is why we're doing this topic about daughters, because there's a lot more. And when you don't have those real talks, like Kira was saying, like we're sharing, you don't have that gospel foundation. Things like this can happen. That doesn't mean that the Lord can restore and pick up where you are, mom. It's just me sharing an experience, you know, how that could be very hurtful for a daughter, you know. And me personally going through that as a young girl, it was very, very damaging. And that's something that you don't realize until later on as an adult. And I have to get counseling, you know, and I have to like heal that part, you know, of my life. But I'm sharing this because daughters need not also the gospel, but also need good men and role models and moms that can be side to side teaching them the real things about the world and the real things about life. Yeah. You know, if you have sons and daughters, Mm -hmm. I would really encourage us moms and really, you know, if you have a dad in the home, this is probably more his job, Mm -hmm. but to teach those sons and their sisters to rally for each other Mm -hmm. because there's such a sense of stability and confidence that comes when you travel in a pack. That's why being part of a church family is so important. If you don't have siblings at home, your church family are your siblings. And two, you know, spiritually speaking, and so you got to travel in a pack. But, you know, if you can enlist those brothers 
to be protectors for those girls. Now, yeah. that does not mean I want my girls to be able to stand up for themselves. Yeah. I want mm-hmm. them to not hang out the wrong signs and attract yeah. the wrong kind of people. And if they accidentally, you know, get into a situation, I want them to be confident in how yeah. to handle it. But it's pretty awesome to have a pack of brothers around oh, yeah. too who kind of set the scene and know, let people know what's up if you mess with their sisters. And so that comes from a young age, training these boys, hey, we're going to take the bully down. We're going to take care of these girls no matter what. You know, Anna Kate's 17 now, and she just got asked to the prom by a really nice guy. And on the prom sign that when he asked her, he had at the bottom of the sign, I've been endorsed by your brothers. (laughs) Uh, Some of them disagreed. They didn't endorse. But we liked that, that that was the vibe, you know. And she did admit the other day, she said, it it is kind of pretty awesome, you know, that I've got people around me that love me and, and protect me. And They don't always see it as a gift, but it is. (laughs) How about doing things with our daughters? Not just for them, but for us moms as well and lecturing less and listening more, which is kind of hard for us moms because we're busy bodies and we have a lot, you know, going on. But just be more intentional. Be on the lookout for hero moments. And we put that there because we know their fathers are such an important role in taking advantage of those hero moments and making a big deal. How about that, ladies? Because we know, man, we're in the mundane and then and, and the fast pace. And sometimes we don't pay the attention that we should pay to those little moments. And the reason why we put hero moments is because those are the ones that actually teach our daughters how to be wiser when it's their chance to actually find a person that they want to marry or a person that they want to date. You know, their father is a role model. But also that time one-on-one with mom, you know, that we think it's just playing cards or just going watching a movie, but it means so much more for them, for their, who they are, their character. Yeah. How about those moments? Why is it so important for our moms to pay attention to those moments? Well, I think it's important. I mean, we might not see it now because they're little, but then when they're older, we're like, can we have those moments back? (laughs) We didn't take enough advantage of those moments when you were little. Mm. As I'm looking in hindsight, I think it's important that as our girls are growing, it's that we learn to know them. Yeah. And I know that sounds very general, but when they're little and we're training and they're kind of under our feet we know the things that they like. We know their favorite snacks. We know where they like to go. And we know those things. We know they like ballet or, or whatever. They're, but as they're growing and developing, I would challenge moms out there to continue to yeah. get to know your daughters, mm. to know their hearts, to know their love languages. Yeah. Because sometimes for me, and I, you know, I'm just like an open book with my daughter, I thought, okay, she's going to love the things I love because (laughs) I love them (laughs) and she's mine. (laughs) And that isn't necessarily true. Now for some things, yes. But she challenged me one time. She said, well, mom, do you know my love language? And this was as a teenager. Kristen, why the grimace? I'm feeling it with you, girl. I'm feeling it. (laughs) She said, do you know my love language? And I felt kind of put on the spot and I thought I did. Hmm. But I was not correct. Mm. And she said, well, yeah, mom, you know, I've changed a little. And so I would say as we spend time, like Madison, and I love to spend time together. We definitely have a lot of commonalities. We still spend a lot of time, you know, doing the pedicures and the manicures and all the, in the shopping. And I said, well, you haven't lost that yet, have you? Because I see the credit card bill. <laughs> <laughs> we still have that in common. <laughs> but learning and continue to learn our girls. Mm-hmm. So Madison and I have spent a lot of time together and I'm definitely not encouraging this. I don't even know if I should say this, but when she turned 18, I knew that she was going to be a little 
rebelish, a little different from her mom, kind of, but not really. And she kept talking about getting a tattoo. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. <laughs> and I thought, okay, I can really buck up against this. And I'm not encouraging any mom to do this. But I didn't. And I said, Eric, this is what your daughter wants to do. When it's something like out of, I'm like, that's what your child wants to do. But anyway, long story short, she kept saying, mom, there's a Bible verse that I want to, and of course, a Bible verse. There's a Bible verse that I want to get tattooed. <laughs> yeah, I tell my boys, they can only get a tattoo that says, I love Look. mom. They'll never do it. So I'm good. <laughs> and I thought, oh my God, I honestly, and this is the truth. I thought, what will our friends say? What will our friends think? Yeah. You know, oh my goodness. But you know what? I was like, and and my mom always told me if I got a tattoo, I was like deemed for hell. Okay. (laughs) Not really, but so you know, in the back of my mind, I thought that, but you know what? This was something she really wanted. So anyway, so as a mom daughter moment, and I thought, you know, she's going away to college and not that she would be defiant and disobedient if we said absolutely not. But I thought if this means as much to her, and it's a Bible verse. Okay. In the big scheme of things, it doesn't mean a whole lot, you know, and we went and got a tattoo together. So I think I win a little prize for mom and daughter moments. Yes. I took her to get a tattoo, but we got a tattoo together. Well, and I think the key is together. So I'm not hoping for any tattoo moments <laughs> in my future, but I've seen you post about it and I secretly think it's pretty awesome because you're getting in her world mm-hmm. and now there's limits to that, right? Yes, I mean, absolutely. that there's some things where you can't, get into their world. Mm -hmm. And that's not one of them though. And so really the truth is we want our girls again. I mean, I feel like I say the same thing over and over, but we want them to feel like they have a soft place to land and they're not going to feel like that unless we have spent time with them. But I just want to encourage the mom who's like super busy and feels like I cannot add another thing to my calendar and I'm running from work, picking them up from the ball practice. I don't have time to take them to a pedicure. It's okay But maybe we could weave our girls into things that we're already doing anyway. Mm -hmm. So we're going to go to the grocery store. We're going to, you know, run errands. We're going to pick up and drop off people a million times. Practice. So just Mm -hmm. take that girl with you. Take that daughter with you and swing through McDonald's or Starbucks or Chick-fil-A or, you know, whatever your little healthy spot is and just get a little drink and go along your way and just have conversations. Sometimes we're, you know, in just the mundane moments, they will open up just because they know you want to be with them. Create the environment. Yeah. 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 Set the table. It's not going to create like a big deep conversation, Mm -hmm. but you might not know. That might be the conversation that she needed. So really quick before we close, we know there's so much we can talk about our girls, but let's answer one question because we got so many questions in our RG, but we're going to answer one about teens and tweens and all those attitudes that comes with it, ladies. You know, sometimes you're trying to like keep the peace and one's one's the attention and the other one gets it and you just want to try to diffuse a bomb or keep it all calm and let them know that you love them all equally. But especially when you have blended families, you know, we have so many of our mom village that have blended families. So how do we tackle that in a wise way that we can make them all feel special? Kristen, we're pointing all to you. Wait, I feel like I just got asked five questions at one time. (laughs) Yes, you did. Am I talking about moods? Everything. Or <laughs> moods. Okay, well, because okay. that's literally what happens when I'm they're gonna, in their tweens and teens. It's just moods, crazy attitudes, my attention, my time. Do you love me? You don't love me. And sometimes that happens even if they're your own kids or you're a blended family. So okay, how do we so, diffuse that bomb? 
maybe we can answer some of these questions on our Instagram stories too. Cause sure, that works yeah. so that if people don't get of course, questions yeah, answered, yeah. they'll know, but let me just talk about moods with teen and tweens. That is tough mm-hmm. when it's mom daughter, because let's be honest, it's not just the daughter's mood mm-hmm. that is in play here. And so, Man, this is where we have to be. And that's uh, the age, ladies. That's the age that they're changing psychological. I send you guys like a, a whole like psychological yeah. and physiological study how that's the age, mom, when they're actually <clears throat> supposed to be feeling like that. They don't even know why they're having those mid swings. But yeah, sorry. I would just say to start off, just know that you have to be bathed in patience yes. during this time. Which the only way to do that is be walking with Jesus. Jesus. Because yes. We have to be in the word. We have to be praying. We have to be on guard. And I would just say that when it comes to conversations, moods, we've just got to put a lot of love out there on mm-hmm. our girls. And my encouragement to moms, especially during this time, is that we don't do a lot of rash talking unless it is gushing with love and grace. And so I don't have to think real hard to be good at telling my girls that I love them and that I'm proud of them and all of that. But when there's a conflict, I have to really think Mm -hmm. so that I can. So sometimes they'll ask me something or they'll handle themselves in a way that I don't like. I would be wise to kind of step back from that and not hurl insults or, you know, talk to them in a negative way, but just to say, hey, I'm not liking where this is going right now. Mm -hmm. Some of this may be me. But I think we need to take a step back from this conversation Mm -hmm. until both of us can handle it in a better way. And a lot of times that will just diffuse problems. But I also try to say, hey, but I love you. I'm for you. I want to talk about this with you because I know this is important. I'm just sensing like maybe this isn't the right moment. But then if we're going to do that, that's fine. And we can really do that often. But we have to circle back around and actually talk about it. Yeah. That's when I would like do something fun with them first mm-hmm. before you go back around. But I just think that there are moments when emotions get high, hormones are high, and having a long, drawn-out conversation is just not wise. And it's on us as moms, as the adults in the room, to sense that and to know when that's right. And sometimes we might feel like we have just a trove of wisdom to share, (laughs) but if their hearts aren't ready to hear it, it's just like, Mm -hmm. you know, throwing it in the trash can. They're not ready to receive it. There's an awesome quote from a good book called Circle Parenting. <laughs> that cool says, Circle Parenting. Oh, Somebody yeah, cool circle really parenting. wrote that book. <laughs> that says the best tragedy is a good theology. Yeah. And yeah. I think that that goes with our daughters, our sons, our families, you know. Yeah. And if you find you're in a situation, sometimes you don't even know what to say. Yeah. Go back to theology. You know, you guys are the best example in your own marriage. And that will help, you know, the right theology gives you the right strategy. So thank you, moms, for listening. This has been Daughters. I hope we answer at least a couple of your questions. Thank you so much. We love you, Village. And we'll see you guys on our next episode. And the lady's going to say goodbye. Bye. Bye.